hospital was uh, a Gideon. And he was going down through the floors of the hospital, checking on patients, greeting them. And he uh, went in this boy's room, he was a teenager, young teenager, and he shared with him a Gideon Testament. Something like, like this, which I have. And by the way, I have some of these back on the table. You're welcome to grab and give them away to people if you'd like to. Anyway, he shared it with him. The boy took it home, read it, and gave his life to Christ. He led his family to Christ. Now, they're in a small town in the mountains of Pakistan. They had a town well, and everybody had to go to the town well to get water. Well, the town cut the family off from the well water because they were no longer what religion they were. They weren't, you know, because they became Christians, they didn't want anything to do with them. So the family dug a well in their house. They had a dirt floor and struck water, and they were fine. Well, a few weeks later, what happened? An earthquake happened in the mountains. And guess who lost their well water? The town. But the family that had become believers had plenty of water. So they opened their doors, shared the well water with the people in the town. As the people came in, they witnessed to them. I'm sorry. I guess didn't have a big enough mouth. Now I do. Okay. Anyway, they uh, shared Jesus with the people. So they came in and to get the water. And over a period of months, most of the town became believers in Jesus from one testament. God's word changes lives, folks, and that's what I'm here to tell you, share some testimonies with you. Uh, it, that testimony just knocks the socks off of me. You know, when I think about how God uses events to bring people to him. And uh, tell you a little bit just about the Gideon ministry, because I know you're probably familiar with it. We uh, are the largest Bible distributing organization in the world. We're in over, in over 243 countries, possessions, and territories in, throughout the world. And uh, we're a group of business professional men who, along with our wives, our wives who are in the auxiliary, try to distribute God's word in the traffic lanes of life, wherever we're allowed. And uh, something you need to know, we believe the Bible to be the inspired, inerrant, infallible, and immutable word of God. And unfortunately, in our definition of marriage, we had to put in that we believe the Bible, biblical standard of marriage, to be one biological male, one biological woman. But that's, that's important. But you see, we stand on the word of God. And we believe the promise that God gives us in Isaiah that his word will never return void. And we're going to show a testimony right now, if you folks are ready back there. Uh, I'm going to show a testimony. It's about 12 minutes long of a, one lady who found the Lord through a Gideon Bible that she would see. She, she got involved with uh, a band and traveled all over the, around the country. And, of course, every time she opened a hotel drawer, she found a hotel Bible, something like this. And... Uh, I'll let her tell in her own words uh, how the Bible changed her life. So if you folks are okay, you can go ahead and run it now.
I was raised in the church. I knew about Jesus. Well, I know about Prince William, too. I don't know him. There's a big difference between knowing about somebody and knowing them, isn't there? I got married right out of high school. It was a bad marriage. We had three children. It ended in 1968. I left Florida, went back to my hometown of Oklahoma City, started looking for work. I found a job illustrating children's reading books, bringing home $65 a week. And of course, that wasn't going to make enough, so I had to work a second job. And I always thought I could sing, but I wasn't sure I could do it professionally. But starvation will give you a lot of courage. So I auditioned, and uh, much to my shock, they hired me. And so there I was, Oklahoma City's new jazz queen. And uh, so I was working two jobs and it's kind of hard to raise a family when you're never there. I was never home. And my girls began to get in trouble. And it just went on and on, and it was bad. I sent my son, Tommy, back to his dad, who'd remarried down in Florida, thinking it would just be a short amount of time till I got those girls straightened out. Well, they didn't get straightened out. They went to prison, both of them. And it was a hard time for all of us. Well, some time went by. They got out and kind of went their own separate ways. And by then, I had put a show band together. And I looked just like Cher in those days. Can you dig it? <laughs> and uh, I hit the road with my band. My two brothers got very sick about that time. My oldest brother, Don, was a dentist in Birmingham, Alabama. And he got multiple sclerosis. And my brother Jim was a plant manager with Union Carbide, and he got leukemia. And instead of becoming bitter, both of them turned their lives over to Jesus Christ. And they started praying for me. Guess you know what that does. Put me on the holy hit list. And as I traveled, I literally lived in hotel rooms and motel rooms, sometimes two and three weeks at a time. Guess what's in all those hotel rooms? <laughs> Bibles placed by the Gideons. Thank God for you, Gideons. And when you're looking for answers, you'll pick those things up. And I was definitely looking for answers, and so I began to pick them up. And of course, we all know the Bible's the only book in the world where every time you open it, the author shows up. <laughs> and he showed up. Can you, can you imagine the Holy Spirit on the road with a rock band? He was there. Aren't you glad he doesn't care who he hangs out with? Thank God. And so I would open it up, and he'd show up, and he would minister to my heart through the Word of God quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And that word began to work in my heart. And I read a scripture in John 3, just below John 3:16, where it said, Men love the darkness because their deeds are evil. And that scared me because for the first time in my life, I realized I was in darkness. And I did not have that light I had been reading about. 
and that scared me, and that put me on my knees in a Holiday Inn in Owensboro, Kentucky, crying my eyes out. And I asked the Lord to forgive me of all my sins and to come into my heart. And he wasted no time at all. He'd been waiting for that prayer for 38 years. And I got up off my knees, a brand new little baby Christian, didn't have a clue as to what to do next, so I did what I always did, went right back down on the stage. And I got down there and I looked around, and first thing I said was, how come it's so dark in here? It wasn't any darker than it always been. It's just that the light of the world had moved in. And when he crawls up from behind your eyes and he's looking around, nothing looks the same ever again. And the second thing I noticed, and this is kind of weird, I loved everybody in the room. I thought, what am I supposed to do with this? I thought, well, maybe a loving thing would be to tell them what I'd learned, which wasn't much, it was more they knew. So I started telling everybody in the nightclub about Jesus. And that went over like a screen door in a submarine, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> they really didn't want to hear it. Isn't that funny? The thing we need to hear the most is the thing we want to hear the least. But I couldn't help myself because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that was big in my heart, so that's what came out of my mouth. Well, that got me fired. And that happened in San Angelo, Texas in August of 1977. And I left my band left a message for them not to ever try to find me, not to look me up. And I went out and got in my car and said a little prayer. I said, Lord, I don't know what you want with me, but from this day forward, you have my undivided attention. He sure had, I sure had his undivided attention on that cross. And I started driving north. I figured I'd hit Oklahoma somewhere. I didn't know where to go, so I started praying about that. And pretty soon, I started getting this kind of homesick feeling for Lawton, Oklahoma, where I graduated from high school in 1957. I'll wait while you all count it up. <laughs> I had no reason to go back there. I had not communicated with any of my classmates in 20 years. My parents didn't live there anymore. But I just longed to look up my best friend in high school, Catherine Stanley. So I got there and I looked her up and she invited me to come over and spend the night. And as I drove over there, I thought, she's gonna think I'm crazy. She's gonna ask me what I'm doing here. I don't know what I'm doing here. First words out of her mouth. Well, what are you doing here? And all I have is the truth, so I started telling her everything that happened to me, and pretty soon she lets out with a great big, well, praise the Lord, like to scare me to death. <laughs> this is great. I'm going to have all the ladies in the church come over and meet you in the morning. <laughs> I said, oh, swell. I was not thrilled. I didn't think I had the clothes to meet the ladies in the church. You know that one? Hello? Well, all I had was tight jeans and a t-shirt with something stupid written on it. 
It was either that or something wild and glittery that I wore on the stage, and I thought, wonder which one I ought to put on. <laughs> so I found my least tight jeans and my least stupid saying on my T-shirt and brushed out that long black share hair, came walking out scared to death. And I just stopped in the hallway and said a little prayer. I said, oh, Jesus, please let them love me. Little basic need we all have. So I took the big plunge. I stepped into that kitchen, and those ladies turned around, and they looked at me, grinning like a bunch of horses eating briars, you know, just... <laughs> and they just loved me, thank God. If they ever saw that stupid saying on my T-shirt, they were very careful never to let me see their eyes traveling across it. And they came over and put their arms around me and welcomed me into the family of God. And for the first time in my life, I understood what the church was all about. Because Jesus said, they'll know you by your love. And these ladies personified the love of Jesus Christ. And this one lady was so cute, she comes up, I just can't wait to hear you testify. I sit against two. <laughs> See, my daddy was a judge. I knew what that meant. And they left, and we had a nice time, and I told Kathy, I need to call my kids. And I, my first prayer after I came to Christ was, Lord, please let me have all my children back. I got my daughter Mindy on the phone and she invited me to come to Greenville and start my new life with her. And so I went to Greenville, found a job, found a church, began living my new life in front of my child and I blew it sometimes. I'm backslided and blew it sometimes. Anybody else blown it yet? Wow, what a holy group. I bet y'all just glow in the dark, don't you? Anybody else blown it yet? like every day, right? Especially with this. My daughter April came to Greenville, moved in with us, started going to church with us. She gave her heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. My son came to live with me. He gave his heart to Jesus. And my granddaughter is now in Connecticut with her husband planting a church up there. And all my children, my grandchildren, all because of some busy men called Gideons placing Bibles in motel rooms. Thank you. That is why we do what we do. We just know God's word returns, does not return void. We don't know how many people's lives have been changed, but you heard that one right there. Look how many people's lives were changed and came to Christ because one Bible placed in a hotel. And we use, I thought something you folks might be interested in knowing. Uh, Give to the Gideon ministry, we're kind of unique in that every dollar you give to us is used for ministry. 
it's not like 20% used for overhead or anything like that. And I just thought I'd share with you a little bit. For every dollar you give, this is kind of the breakdown on it, roughly. 50% right away goes to international. And that's, that's used for uh, ministry overseas. Those of the 243 countries, territories, possessions, many of them are very poor. Uh, I mean, probably what you guys make in a week would be a, a year's worth of income for many of these people. So they count on the richer countries to supply them with the Bibles that they need to distribute. They're able to, they're willing, they just need us to give them the Bibles to do it. So 50% right away goes, goes to Nashville. They can use it for Bible distributions and other lands. 35% uh, stays here in Pennsylvania. Uh, we use it for, uh, wow, let's have some writing last week, week and a half ago. Uh, we did what we call Bible Blitz in Reading, and we gave out 15,000 copies of Scripture. Now, that included a hotel Bible like this, included little testaments like this that we gave out to school kids. Uh, we gave out to uh, nursing homes, nurses, medical field, uh, wherever we could go, colleges. Uh, I was just in Dickinson last week and uh, in Carlisle, and I was able, well, not just me, but those with us, there were seven of us, we gave out 250 copies of Scripture to Dickinson in three hours' time. And they do Dickinson twice a year. Now, uh, we do Gettysburg College, but we do it every other year because we find that we're duplicating people so much. But it doesn't seem that way in, in Dickinson. Uh, every year, every six months, we can go up there and we can give 250, 300 copies out. So, you know, God's word won't return void. We put the copy into their hands. God takes care of the rest of it. But uh, there's 15% we have to account for. And 40% of that, what's left, goes for an emergency fund. And I'll give you an example. would be like uh, the war that's stored up in Ukraine. Also, there's a great need for scripture. We have a publisher... Over, we have five or six publishers around the world, but the one that's closest to them is in Finland. And they printed copies of the scripture that Gideon's in the Ukraine and Russia. You know, you remember, we have brothers, sisters in Russia, too. It's not, they're not just all our enemies, you know. And uh, we were able to give them out 100,000 copies of scripture in the Ukraine in the first couple months. And what I think is really interesting is that we had 300,000 copies of scripture stored in Kiv, or however you pronounce their capital in Ukraine, but we had to move it to the western part of Ukraine because of all the problems going on, the commotion going on. But uh, we're giving testaments out in Poland, Moldova, Romania, all the countries around Germany, all countries kind of west of Ukraine where refugees are going. We're, we're ministering to those people. Uh, the other 11% we use for the military. Uh, like uh, National Guard around here. Well, I have a, our assistant pastor at church is, is in National Guard. He's a chaplain. We, we use testaments, give out to there. We give out to, we used to be able to uh, give it out to uh, in Cumberland, we would have uh, induction 
what have you, and they used to rotate e each month. A different camp would go up there and they would give them out. Well, they've changed leadership. Can't do it right now. So pray that that would change, that we'd be able to hand them out. It just depends on who's in leadership. It, it really does. But we use it for uh, situations like that. Uh, we also, uh, like the, what we have here for Pennsylvania and Adams County, we use it for like nursing homes. Uh, just the last couple months, uh, in Adams County here alone, we gave out 350 large print editions to five nursing homes in the county here. And then we gave out about 150 medical testaments. I'll pack now, I'll take that back, 300 to uh, doctors and dentist offices, uh, nursing homes. We uh, distributed there. We put up little containers that the nurses can pick them up as they clock out. So we're doing what we can to distribute God's word, but we need help to do it. Uh, something I, I think you might find interesting, just to let you know, we are, even though we kind of fly below the radar, we, we are active and we're trying to do what we can with the opportunities given to us. Uh, in the last month, about a month ago now, uh, I was up at uh, Penn State during the middle of the week, and we gave out 3,900 copies of scripture to the students there. And there was a day when I could go up there, I could be on the main campus and go anywhere I wanted to. Well, that stopped a long time ago. Now, last time, three weeks ago when I was up, they allowed us to have a table in front of the library, and Ford Gideon could stay there. The rest of us had to be along College Avenue, which if any of you know much about the campus up there, that's kind of like along the perimeter. And we had maybe four or five locations along College Avenue where we could give testaments out. And, and that worked out pretty well because I was right across from like where some restaurants were, and you know college students. So they want food, they're gonna come and get it, and then they have to cross the street to get on campus, and I was right by a main gate. So that, so that worked out well. But we, we do what we can. Uh, just, we used to have Bibles in the Gettysburg Hotel uptown. And when COVID hit, we took them out and they were not get rid of them. They weren't gonna keep them at all. And somebody at another church happened to work there. He said, give them to me, I'll take them to my pastor. Well, the pastor happened to know me. So they called me and I picked up about 200 copies of scripture. And uh, I went in a few months ago, and for every reason, manager doesn't want to let us put them back in the room. So pray for open doors. Uh, we are in most, still most of the hotels in Gettysburg. Uh, a lot of them are owned by uh, people from India, and they seem to understand that's a tradition to have the Bibles in the room. And they're more than welcome to let us, you know, gracious to let us come in and uh, put them in the room. So uh, pray for that. We have, believe it or not, our state convention next year is going to be held uptown here at the Wyndham in Gettysburg. So uh, we will have opportunities then to be giving Bibles out, distributing them. Uh, within the last six months, we gave out over 900 testaments at a street fair in Red Lion, 139 testaments at a William Penn Park in downtown York during the summer. Uh, Almost 850 testaments in Hanover. They, 
they changed the name of this festival, but it's called the Snack Town Fair now in downtown Hanover, and they closed, I don't know how many streets off, right around there, and we were able to give out testaments there. Uh, you probably heard of Jubilee Day up in Mechanicsburg. We gave out 2,600 copies. I never saw it so crazy. I mean, it's just mobs of people going back and forth, but perfect opportunity to give out God's word. We did it about 450 testaments in August, or the end of July, South Mountain Fair. So we're trying to do what we can with you know, the opportunities that's given to us, but we can use more help. Anybody who think they'd be interested in joining the Gideon, please see me up the church. I'll hang around for a few minutes. I'll be glad to, to talk to you. Uh, we have also, and uh, Mark might be interested in this, this is a, it's called a life book, and our youth can give us, give us out in school. I can't get into schools anymore. I can stand on the perimeter. We have six school districts in Adams County, but only four have any walkers. So we do what we do. We do two in the fall, two in the spring. And uh, this happens to be a copy of the Book of Mark, but it's written in such a way that it would, it would be more appealing to young people. And our youth can take it and give it out to their friends in school. But here's the kicker. I can't order them, but you as a pastor can. So, you know, uh, and it's free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, so... That's something else that we can do. And then I, I notice you do have a rack in the back, a card rack. Uh, you can give cards out of memory. You can pray for you, thinking of you, recognition. There's a whole, whole host of uh, reasons to give cards out. But what's nice, with these cards, on the back of the cards is a brief testimony. So every time you're given a Bible and you send a card to somebody, you're actually witnessing to them. You know, uh, we don't always know where people stand with the Lord, and that's just another opportunity to plant seeds and plant God's word. So, uh, just let you know, kind of economy <laughs> affected all of us. Uh, this used to cost a dollar thirty-two for us to to distribute. Now, when I'm calling distribution. This includes the printing, cost of printing, the cost of shipping, cost of storage, any royalties or anything like this. Uh, that's all included in that total I'm quoting to you. This year, they tell us it's $1.56. But folks, as you know, God's word doesn't return void, and it's, it's a good investment. And one of the nice things I like to point out to people, in the, in the front of the book, we have about three or four pages of helps, like where to find help in time of need, uh, and it gives you, you know, the page number and everything. You can look up the scripture verse. That can be an encouragement to people. And everybody needs to know where they're going to spend eternity. And God's plan of salvation is on the back cover. So when I hand this to somebody, and if I have a minute, uh, I'll point those two things out to them, the helps in the front. And I'll say, you, you, need, you need to know where you're going to spend eternity. So look at the back cover and follow those instructions, and it will tell you. So you, you need to know. Something else I think is interesting you might find about our hotel Bibles, there are 27 different languages in the front of John 3, 16. And I have a, just a short testimony of a fella. He came over from Poland to Chicago to do some kind of special work in construction. And 
you know, he's from Poland. What's there to read, right? He doesn't read anything. So he picked up, picked up the Gideon Bible, and he's looking through it, and here's John 3.16 in Polish. He read it, and it motivated him to go to a bookstore the next day and buy a Polish Bible, and he gave his life to the Lord. So God's at work, folks. He's alive and well. And just, you know, I, I thank you for your church for partnering with us to help do ministry. Uh, we're doing what we can with, you know, the opportunities afforded to us. Uh, it, it's kind of hard. We used to have a really big prison ministry, but with building the new prison, it kind of changed the format and everything. So it's a little difficult. You know, it's more challenging to uh, get in there and do things like that. But... Uh, we now are able to, like, people have vacation Bible schools. We can get testaments out there. Uh, we do domestic shelters, uh, all sorts of places like that that we can, we can give them out. So uh, I want to thank you for your time. And just remember that God's word never returns void, and that does change lives. And uh, thanks for listening to me.